All right, everybody, welcome back to We Dig Tennessee. I'm your host, Matt Mingus. Uh, glad to have you guys listening again. Uh, this week, we've got a, another great uh, episode coming to you. I, I know a lot of people are making plans for the Utility Expo coming up in Louisville, Kentucky here in a little, right at a month, I think. We're, we're closing in on it, and uh, we got a guest with us today from Planet Underground who's got some really cool things going on uh, at the Expo, so we're going to hear from him on that a little bit. Uh, so with that, we'll welcome Mr. Mike Parallack to the show. Mike, how are you, man? Doing good, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Man, I'm, I'm glad to have you. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk a little bit about what you got coming up for the Expo and some other things you got going on, but uh, I, want, I want to start at the beginning, man. Give us a little background on you, how, um, you know, kind of how you, where you came from and how you got into the industry and got to doing what you're doing now. Sure. Well, I got into the industry back when I was about 20 years old doing gas leak survey. And that at the time I thought was just a summer job, but it turned out that I never left the underground utility business since that time. So I've worked um, uh, for a couple of companies involved in gas leak detection and subsequently got into sales and then started selling locating equipment. And then the next thing I knew in um, the late eighties, our company started doing contract locating. And I looked at that and I said, you know, this kind of interests me more than gas leak detection. So I took a liking to uh, instrument sales for locating and also the service work of contract locating. And uh, about 1996 or so, I had an opportunity to take on a new role where I didn't have anything but locating as a service to work with. And I enjoyed that. And uh, one thing led to another. And uh, the company I worked for was a utility company. It was bought out by a larger utility company. And they said, you know, we don't want any businesses that sell utility to utility. So um, I tucked a severance check in my back pocket and went to work for, uh, uh, as if I hadn't learned my lesson, another utility ran uh, privatized company. And that's the folks that gave me the opportunity to start Staking University. Because what I had learned about locating was, well, this was my opinion, but what I based my opinion on was the experience I had for a number of years that what really needed to happen in the world of locating was really better training, training that people could understand how the instrument worked, why it did what it did. And um, maybe more importantly, um, the, the training had to provide information that people could retain. You know, you might understand it, but if you don't retain it, it doesn't work too well for the people who are digging on your mark. So I set out to uh, try to create this thing. And uh, several years later, I learned how stupid I really was when I started this. And I didn't know what I thought I knew about locating. But that was great. I think we all find ourselves in that position sometimes. So um, I just kept sticking with it. And I started learning more and more. And we started getting the support of the locating instrument manufacturers. And uh, a few years after that started, became my business. And oh, 2001, I bought a, a magazine as if I knew anything about putting out a magazine, but I bought the thing anyway, because I thought it might be a good conduit to get the word about staking university out there in the uh, underground utility marketplace. So I did that and lo and behold, everything was going pretty good. And then about 2015, I thought I had a buyer for the magazine and it, it, uh, it was something my wife and I did, and it was taking a lot of time, and Staking You was doing good. And I thought, well, you know, I got somebody that will take it. This is great. Well, wouldn't you know that backfired? And 
we still have the dang thing. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want to do it anymore, but we have it. And uh, did a couple of things. Um, and, and what was ironic was we had just done something that we didn't even have a name for, but we brought in 17 people to talk unscriptedly, uh, if that's a word, about uh, damage prevention. We brought in a regulator, several contractors, utility contractors, several utility company people, some instrument manufacturers, and some contract locators, put them in a room and said, hey, let's turn on the camera and talk. And we did that. And it happened right about the same time this bit about the magazine fell in. And uh, the next thing you know, a guy said, you know, you could probably do something like this. And maybe you should call it Planet Underground TV. And I thought, well, that's that's great. Uh, maybe we could do something. And uh, what we decided um, based on kind of some feedback was if we could tell the damage prevention story through the contractor's eyes, through the utility contractor's eyes, the, the people who have all the challenges that, uh, 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 of getting you know a pipe or a conduit from point A to B, that that's missing in the industry. It's a very utility-sided conversation when we talk damage prevention. So without any other reason for doing something other than nobody else was doing it, which, mind you, isn't always the best financial decision in the world, but we decided to launch Planet Underground TV with a special emphasis on the, the utility contractor and, and, and what they do to contribute to successful damage prevention. And five years later, here we are, we're going to be at the Utility Expo, and uh, uh, it's all about trying to you know look at the world through the eyes of people who um, do the work, who have to navigate uh, just a maze of underground, uh, both live and abandoned pipes, ducts, cables, wires there. So uh, I hope I didn't talk too long, but that's my story from uh, from about 38 years ago to right now. No, no, not at all. That, that's why you're here. You're the you're the expert. That's why we're here to listen to you, not to me. I just host the thing. Okay. <laughs> the uh, well, that's, Man, that's uh, crazy the way that turned out. And, and now I think everybody's heard of Planet Underground TV. It's a Really cool thing to be a part of. Always great subjects coming up on there, and, and I know you're looking forward to the Utility Expo. So let's talk a little bit about what your what your plans are for the Utility Expo. Well, um, thanks for the opportunity. You know, we kind of over the winter, you know, COVID was was rough on us last year and into this year, and um, I'm retiring in the fall, and I want my team to have a, a good shot at making it on the Planet Underground TV side. Thing so um, I knew we would be down at the Utility Expo. I didn't know if it would happen or not with COVID back in the winter. So sat down and just said, "What are we? Who are we? What is it we do?" And frankly, we needed to do that long before this winter. But uh, yeah, I finally got around to doing it and kind of ultimately determined what what we do. We're 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 all about education. That's that's what it is. Everything we do is about education, getting people information that they otherwise didn't know so they could do their job better. And it's not just locators. It could be you know anybody involved in the equation of making maps or tools for locators, making instruments, actually doing the work, the people who operate um, uh, drill rigs with the locator and the operator, the, anybody who uses vacuum excavation, for that matter, anybody who hand digs, because that's the best way to locate is to actually lay eyes on uh, to something. So um, 
we said if education is it, how do we explain these events that we've done up south of Chicago in our neck of the woods for several years? How do we explain them down in Louisville? And really, it came up with you know what we're doing is creating peer-to-peer education. That's what it is. We're you know the typical trade show. I think we know our roles there. We're either somebody walking the aisles or we're somebody behind the table. And a lot of times, people say the best part of a trade show is after hours when I get to sit to talk to somebody that I don't know real well, but I get to learn what they do and they do the same thing I do. And people love that part of it, you know? And uh, so what we tried to do with our events is kind of make it that part of it. So you'll, you'll see outdoor, we have something called the job site where we're actually recreating a job site. And while people will have home bases with tents that ring the periphery, the whole middle part is a working job site. And the idea is, we have some live utilities there. We have some sewers that cameras can be dropped in. You can locate the sun on the cameras, see where they go, look at the imaging that the camera provides. Um, you know, you can see how a directional drill operates uh, uh, up close in person. It's kind of hard to do that at a regular job site. Nobody wants you around there, but here we want everybody around. And um, we have facilities protect, as I mentioned, but we'll be installing about 12 handholes and you know, somewhere around 650 feet total of a new conduit. Um, we have uh, sponsors from around the country. We have some one call sponsors, um, USA North out of California. Uh, our big sponsor is Texas 811. Tennessee is working with us on our indoor event as is Kentucky now. So um, we're looking to, uh, from, the, from the outside, uh, build a, a job site where people can come have a full meal. It will be the only place in the entire Utility Expo where people can come and have a meal. And that's brought to uh, folks by our sponsors there. And um, it's all designed to educate, but not necessarily sell, if that makes sense. Uh, the idea is this is what we do. What can we learn from each other? We'll, we'll, we'll start out by doing it and see what kind of conversations we get in. So the job site is only for service providers. It's not for the equipment folks. There's a <laughs> yeah, we're we're like uh, flea on an elephant's butt out there in, in Louisville. We have one small area, and then the rest of this huge area is all equipment. And so that's where the equipment manufacturers are. We're the um, we're kind of this first time experiment where facility or uh, not facility owners. Um, it's possible for utilities to get involved, but primarily what we've done is set up a place for. Uh, utility contractors and and service providers that they hire, like traffic management and uh, uh, vacuum excavation services, and like I mentioned before, uh, video pipe inspection. So the idea is to keep it uh, to the service providers and 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 try to grow this thing in in year 2023, as it's an every other year event. And uh, every piece of pipe and uh, and tracer wire that we put in there will be something two years from now. The Crews then will have to avoid. So we're we're really building it this year. We're building the uh, uh, we're building the field that will be utilized to uh, uh, avoid in the future <laughs> and be added onto as as the system expands in, in subsequent years. So so few. That's the outdoor part. I haven't even got to the indoor part, but the uh, uh, that's called the job site. And um, if Nuka's out there for, for the ditch digger, well, then the job site is out there for the ditch digger. There's no other way of putting it. It, it just showing the appreciation for the folks that really have untold challenges in doing their job safely and efficiently. 
because of how hard it is to navigate a crowded, a crowded right-of-way today. And you know, it's easy to tell somebody how to do damage prevention when you're not the one to ask to do it. So um, there's a lot of things uh, I think the average That's facility true. owner doesn't understand. Um, and, and, and yet oftentimes, you know, when there's a problem, it's pretty quick to, to point fingers. And, you know, so what we're about is trying to educate folks on the way things really are. And, um, you know, we can't do it ourselves. We're, we're, we're not, we're a small player in this overall thing, but you know, our idea is let's get the people who are the big players and have them tell their stories and we'll just try to give them a platform. So hopefully people can learn um, from each other. So, so that's the outside. And I'll take a breath before we talk about the round table and the uh, inside portion of our event. <laughs> no, I, I, the outside portion sounds just awesome. I didn't realize uh, when I first heard about it that y'all were going to be able to leave all the pipe and material in the ground and then expand upon it every other year and, and be able to use that as a part of the presentation. The next, like that is just a really cool concept that you guys are building there. I, I can't wait to see that. Well, we did it three years in a row up uh, about an hour south of Chicago at our office. Uh, we probably put in a total of, in those three years, uh, it's not quite a half mile, but it's getting up there. A lot of handholes, we could, we, we put in two manholes and all the while had to you know dig over water lines and gas lines and cable TV lines. So it's real damage prevention. I mean, think about having an event like that, a networking event with the big hog roast and all of a sudden somebody you know, knocks out our uh, uh, internet or, you know, we hit a water line and all of a sudden, you know, the food tent, everybody's sloshing around on. But that's actually, you know, part of the game. You know, it's it's the real world, right? <laughs> you, you guys live that every single day. So um, uh, why not recreate it? So at Louisville, yeah, you're right. Uh, the area we're building this stuff on is uh, affectionately known as the cow tie area. So during state fair times and other livestock event times, this is where the cows are uh, tied uh, up until they go inside the arena for the judging. And um, ironically, I'm just now thinking of it, you know, our, both our events are related to cows. So uh, you either uh, tie them up on the outside or you show them off on the inside. And that's where we'll be doing the inside event. But uh, the only restriction here is, is that we can't have uh, pedestals or poles or anything that would uh, you know, protrude from the ground. So that's why we top off things with handholds nice and flat. And the, the cows can step on that uh, when we're not there. Sure. Okay. No, I mean, like I said, that sounds, it sounds awesome. And I can't, I can't wait to be able to see that. Um, so, all right. So what's going on on the inside? That, that part I thought when, when I heard about it also sounds pretty awesome. Like there's, and there's going to be a lot of information coming from that, I think. Well, that's actually how we met the Nuka, Pennsylvania folks, oddly enough. Um, uh, I had a years-long email conversation, not not every day, but, you know, once every eight or nine months, I'd, I'd get an email from a gentleman named Jim Dacey, Dolly Construction out in Pennsylvania. He'd, he'd see something in the magazine, and he'd fire me off an email. And uh, we had a letters to the editor thing back then, and, you know, I'd, I'd run his letters. I'd, I'd give him a response. You know, we just kind of had a, uh, uh, an occasional exchange of ideas based on something we saw in the magazine. And um, anyway, this round table, um, that was what we ended up calling the thing with that back in to around Christmas time of 2015. Uh, we didn't know what to call it and planet underground TV came from that. So we ended up calling it the round table. 
And, and what it's based on is a 1980s era cable TV show, sports show out of Chicago, you know, back when your cable system had like 12 channels, right? So um, what they would do is they'd have these four guys. One was a sports writer for the Tribune. One was the Sun-Times, guy, another guy, Sports Illustrated, the guy from Channel 9, WGN. And they'd sit around a dimly lit uh, poker table. Um, you know, so the room's kind of like black, except for a light that just, uh, hanging from the ceiling, you know, like a poker light and you can see their faces and everything. And they sit there and they smoke cigars and they just BS about the bulls or Blackhawks or socks or whatever it was. N- nobody ever had a plan. They just talked and, and it was enjoyable. You know, you, you, you just got to see who the people were and you got to, you know, I like that guy. He's got my opinion. You know, whatever. I don't like that guy, you know, but it was cool. I, I thought it was engaging. So what we had tried to do at our place in Mantino, south of Chicago, was to recreate that, but damage prevention. So it's like, you don't have to prepare. You don't have to just come. We're going to throw out a question to get the conversation started. Now it's just talk. And if, if what we found, we, we somehow or another hit it right, uh, right on at the start. You got to have the actual right mix with, without the utility contractor being the number one component in these conversations, the thing kind of fails. So we, we kind of thought that going in that, you know, if we don't have enough here, it's, it's going to become the typical old damage prevention sort of conversation that we had grown used to for three decades. And um, I always felt the, ex- you know, these, the national damage prevention events were great. Everybody was there except for the ex- the guy, guys in the field, guys and girls in the field actually, Hey, nobody can prevent a damage except you guys. I, I mean, so how come you're not there? Well, just for whatever reason, it never seemed to be a big component of uh, the national conversation. So when we got the local contractors from the Chicago area to come, uh, so, you know, some were gas, some were power, some were telecom. Um, that's what made this thing rock because they were number one, very truthful and frank, but also very accommodating to you know, other people's ideas, locators' ideas, locators' um, uh, concepts of things, not knowing construction. And, and, of course, the ditch diggers' concept of not knowing locating, you know. So it, it, nobody was better than one another. Everybody had something to contribute. And it started out that everybody was very um, engaged and they they liked it. And we went out to dinner afterwards. So the, the, the food aspect of it's always been part of it. And like I said, we're bringing that to Louisville this year, but the, um, the, the key was it didn't get out of control and, and everybody said that they really liked it. It's like, okay, well, we accidentally made something people liked. How about that? Um, we filmed it and we showed it, you know, to people uh, after we edited it up, people seemed to like that. So, um, we just kept going and going. Now, 2019, we had 144 people involved in a two-day affair, had dinner in the middle of all that, um, uh, just, you know, uh, happy hour, meal, everything, you know, to get people engaged in peer, peer education. I mean, that's the whole whole idea of it. And um, what we ended up uh, 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 finding, where we found ourselves in 2020 is we couldn't do it because of COVID. It's an indoor event, December. You know, it obviously wasn't the right time. And uh, yeah. so we're we're back doing the roundtable for the first time since December of 19, but we're doing it in Louisville at the Utility Expo. And it's in the large uh, food court area. It's one of two passageways to get from 
the huge underground equipment area to the huge aerial equipment area. And fortunately for us, the only other passageway is to go right through our outdoor area. So we feel pretty fortunate there. I really salute the people at uh, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers who, you know, have brought us in to try to offer something new to the uh, uh, utility and utility contractor attendee base there. But going back to the round table, uh, we have uh, right now 11 tables scheduled over two days. The last about 45 minutes, we'll have a couple of moderators. It's still unscripted. Moderators roles kind of just in case the conversation meets a dead end, they quickly throw something in there <laughs> you know, to get it going again. Uh, but it's also to field some questions, be a conduit from people in the audience there might have a question. And uh, um, so we idea is you let the people talk for about 30 minutes. Then you start introducing some questions and, and see how that goes. And you allow about 15 minutes for that. And then you got 15 minutes to change those people out and get four new people in. Um, and the new wrinkle that we'll be doing this year is we're going to live broadcast all of these conversations. So again, you'll see an, uh, uh, a utility contractor, you'll, you'll see a contract locator, you'll see a utility person, and then you might see a manufacturer of uh, um, uh, equipment. Um, companies like Subsider, Truvac are sponsoring us for uh, the roundtable. So you get the people together and everybody... You know, it's not a sales thing. Nobody's in that role anymore. It's all about talking about what you know and what you love. You're you're in this business for a reason. Um, let's talk about how to make it better and how do you make it better unless it's it's safer for for the crews, uh, safer for the general public, and and you can get your work done more efficiently. And I can talk on and on about the lack of good information out there. You know about where underground. I, I mean, I know you can too. Now you're. You're, you're dealing with this all the time too. Um, so what am I going to do? Educate you about all the stuff out there. But um, seriously, you know, we, one of the things that we always talk about the round table, generally a lot of the conversations kind of wind up here. It's like, you know, this information exists and every day, you know, around the country, probably there's a quarter million lines that are exposed and, uh, what do we do with that opportunity? Well, we cover everything back up and we go on to the next place. Who wants that information? Now, it sounds weird, but this is a challenge. Who wants that information? If you dug here today, you're, um, you know, your communication contractor who's in the next town is going to dig there three years from now. He's not going to have any idea where things actually are, but you laid eyes on it. You looked at it. Where's that repository that that information can go to help the next crew doing the next kind of job, you know, a year or two down the road. It it doesn't exist today. And that's just really, uh, it, it's a shame because technology is no longer the reason or the lack of technology is no longer the reason we don't have this repository. I think all that stuff is in place. Now it's a cultural change that has to happen. And hey, golly, people don't sh share information, right? You know, um, and, and then when you have it to offer them, nobody stands up and says, I'll take it. And, and that really needs to change. And um, uh, I mean, we want to make it, we want to make damage prevention what it can be at its fullest. It's a full sharing of information and it's kind of tagging what we don't know along with tagging what we know for sure. And ultimately tipping the scale. So, you know, we have way more stuff we know for sure than, Stuff we don't know for sure. And I'll, I'll tell you one last thing while I'm on my soapbox here. I said I'm retiring soon anyway, so it doesn't matter, you know, what do people think about this, right? <laughs> but uh, you, 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 can, you have these utilities who, 
think that they have a great damage prevention program. And by every metric that we compare one company to the next, they have a great damage prevention program. And their contractors have been, you know, kind of the workhorses in getting this program to be successful because they really have leaned on their contractors, you know, over the years to, you know, pothole and, and, and go down to the depth of your, ex- you know, all this stuff. Okay. You, you, you and your listeners all know what this stuff is. And, you know, on the one hand, we can say really it's the utility contractor that's improved damage prevention more so than anybody else. But let's forget that for a second. Let's go back to the facility owner. You know, we can have, and, and, and they're legitimate saying this, we have a great damage prevention program. But you know what? They're not in that right away by themselves. It, 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 you know, they're not in this vacuum. Their damage prevention program is only as good as the worst facility owner's damage prevention program in that right away. And that's the simple truth, in my opinion. You, you've got to lift everybody up because what happens with brand X utility affects you. Um, and, and in many ways, there's nothing you can do to control that. You control the things you can as a facility owner, but you can't control that. And by sharing information and fostering this notion that, you know, the, the best information in the world is, is right now being covered up all the time. It's not being recorded. It's not being shared. Got to change that because our our best damage prevention programs out there and our worst damage prevention programs out there from the uh, facility owner side of the thing end up making everything average <laughs> and, and and average isn't good enough when you're you're out there uh, 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 running your own cruise and somebody hit something that wasn't marked or wasn't completely marked or inaccurately marked that's that's um that's a danger you all know is out there it doesn't happen much but it happens too much um, and, uh, you know, the idea should be that, you know, we're all going to get along a lot better, uh, more efficiently and safer if we would share information. So at any rate, that will come up in the round table. Um, but it, it's, it, 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 it should, because we're not where we need to be. And the more people that, that have an understanding of that, uh, then the more people that can contribute to the solution. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think that's a great point. I think, I think a lot of times, uh, no matter how good a utilities uh, damage prevention program is, it's a lot of times their information is is predicated on how many times did our facility get hit, who hit our facility. When you're right, they're not in that right away by themselves. There are other utilities in that right away or in that easement or whatever it might be. So, are you setting up other people to fail by not sharing information? So, you're you're exactly right. I, I think that's a a great point there. And and to your point that about you know. Why do you need to tell me? You know, you do this process all the time. That's again the whole point of this: sharing information and talking. I can learn. I've, I can learn something from anybody about damage prevention. You know, every time you get in a conversation with somebody, you learn something new. You might think you've heard it all, but if you're not willing to listen to others and and take in what they're saying, we're not really moving the process forward. So, I, I love this. The the I can't wait to see this and 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 take this in because it's going to be a like I said a lot of information going around from a lot of different points of view and the, the middle ground from where all those people come together is where we're going to find the best solution, not just utilities way or the locators way or the contractors way. There's a, there's a way that works best for everybody there in the middle. Yeah. And I, you know, you, you had brought up Duke of Pennsylvania at the beginning and, and I brought up um, 
uh, you know, Jim Dacey. And, um, you know, here, here in recent years, um, when I finally got to meet Jim face to face, it's because, uh, uh, Brenda, um, uh, the executive director out there in Pennsylvania sent, uh, him and another, uh, uh, member, Billy, uh, out to the round table and <laughs> Jim's, Jim's awesome. very first words to me in person were, man, you've got quite a dump here. <laughs> hey, thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Thanks for it. <laughs> because we are, uh, our area uh, that we do all our training in have the, is a former uh, mental, uh, state mental health hospital. So it's kind of funny. You know, it, it, it is an odd looking place. But what was cool about it was everything was put underground back in the late 20s when they built the place. So we're this place out in the cornfields with odd looking buildings. That's why Jim called it a dump. But um, it's a very urban, crowded underground. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, just this year, Jim, uh, 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 sent out that, you know, again, you know, they're, they're trying to help me get reach, reach people. And, um, I'm sure this is, 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 I'm sure Jim has his finger on the pulse of things, but, um, you know, for so long in business, when we started, you know, we, we relied a lot on the utility side of the equation, you know, to get our business off the ground. It was pipelines and utility companies. Um, and, and then some of their support, companies like engineering and right away companies or whatever, you know, that's how we, we, we lasted long enough at the beginning to get the business up and running. And like I mentioned to you before, the equipment manufacturers were absolutely critical for, for staking university because they started donating equipment. And it's like, Holy cow, this is great. And, you know, and, and we accidentally hit on something else uh, uh, early on. It's like, look, we're going to stay to the locating equipment. That's it. Because, the second we go off and start talking one call or maps or you know, laws or anything else, you know, we're not the experts anymore. Um, and if we just stick to locating equipment, how it works, why it works, how to use it, then that's the same around the world. It doesn't matter what you locate, why you locate, where you locate it. Locating is the same. The knowledge is the same. So we stuck to that and um, it, it, it's worked out. And over time, we started getting... Uh, utility contractors and and other uh, excavators in our classes because given their um, I'll call it frustration with uh, one call marks they started doing a lot of verification there themselves before they uh, you know they wanted to know how deep it was they were you know they're going to have to use instrumentation properly to get a decent estimate so um, what so in, anyway going back to Jim he's like well hey fellows uh, talking to his you know peers it's if these guys aren't, you know, utility sided or anything, they kind of understand everything that goes on out there and they just want to provide information. So I guess if, if I could stress anything to your listeners, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, you know, what I had already talked about is that, you know, we're not excavators and we don't live the life that you guys do, but we recognize your importance in solving damage prevention problems. I don't believe the, success that's happened in the last 10 years on the industry is due to many other folks other than the utility contractors who have figured out that to maintain their contracts and do what the utilities want, they they just have to become uh, really good at what they do. And there's nobody better at damage prevention than the utility contractor. Everybody else plays a role, but, um, you, you know, you guys learned how, how to navigate. So there's a lot to learn from, from your side. And, um, we just want to put all the sides together, whether it's inside or outside, so they can they can learn from each other. But clearly, Jim's message was it might be easy to think of, 
you know, two camps in this. You know, first one call came out probably in some form of operation in 1969 thereabouts. And ever since, there's kind of been the utility side and the, the digger side of the equation, right? But uh, I asked, does there have to be that? And that's what Jim kind of puts out there today. You know, I he said the same thing that you said. He came to that roundtable in 2019 because, you know, I'm the number one complainer about locates, but I learned some things about locating today I didn't know. I said, well, great, Jim. That's that's why we're here, you know, to try. You know, we, we can't teach you. We don't know all this stuff, but uh, we can put you in a position, hopefully, by putting the right people in the room where, you know, you end up, you can't help but learn, just like you said earlier, Matt. That's absolutely right. That's where that, you know, share of information comes together and people, everybody's willing to come together and, and listen and share honestly, you can usually come walk away with something very valuable. So I'm excited to, to see that and get to witness that and be there this year. So, man, it, y'all got a lot going on leading up to this. Are y'all ready? <laughs> hey, of course not. <laughs> but that, that's what the days before the event are all about. Um, but, I, yeah, doing the best we can. Like I said it, it's been um, – been kind of a uh, uh, an interesting path for the last five years trying to build a, a team of guys in their you know younger than me let's put it that way <laughs> most of them in their 20s but you know, got people who didn't know anything about <laughs> utilities and trying to become you know a media company that serves you know the underground utility world so uh, we're, we're, we're very fortunate of the branding opportunity the utility Expo gives us uh, people who otherwise would, who's Planet Underground now might have some sort of idea who we are. And uh, I, I think in telling anybody's story, uh, you know, into the future, effective video presentations are going to play a, a big part in it. And I think our guys have learned really well out in the field going to job sites, um, how, how to communicate with the guys in the crew. And that I, I, I believe anyway, that comes out in the uh, in the finished product. So we just want to do more of it. And uh, I said, I'm, I'm short for time here, but these guys hopefully have a chance to continue building. And, you know, our, our, uh, our guidance is stay in the underground utility world where we, uh, we can continue to learn and continue to serve. So hopefully it all works out. That's awesome. Oh yeah. I, oh, I, I'm sure it will. You, you've built a, a great organization there and I always enjoy seeing all the planet underground videos and, and, and getting to, you know, hear you guys' expertise on things. It really is a very enlightening process, and I'm glad that you guys do it, man. Um, well, we, we've been going here for a little over 30 minutes. Do you got anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, uh, no, I uh, just want to thank you, Matt, for the opportunity to speak with you and tell you a little something about Planet Underground. Uh, we're coming off of 17 months of making more video stuff that's designed to educate. And uh, so uh, I'm doing retirement backwards. I'm uh, instead of doing less and less in the months leading up to retirement, I'm doing more and more and I can't wait for it to get over. But I, I, I think we'll have some pretty good stuff. So I hope your uh, listeners kind of stay tuned for when we uh, get uh, the, the material out in different platforms. It will involve utility map reading, visual observation, We'll have some testing products for for tickets and maps, um, you know, basic utility knowledge, and of course, above all else, how to how to use a locating instrument, and hopefully, we answer the questions of uh, why it works. So uh, again, it's all about trying to make it understandable and more importantly, retainable. So uh, the the jury's out on that because we're not finished yet, but uh, hopefully, uh, 
uh, one day, maybe you'll be talking to one of my guys and they'll tell you about what, what they've learned putting these products out to market. So again, thank you very much for the opportunity to, to speak with you. I'm deeply appreciative and uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, coming up here in Louisville. All right, guys, uh, Mike has now left the recording. So I just want to thank him for coming on again. Uh, a lot of great information there, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to being able to see the work site and see that round table and and be a, be a part of that at uh, the at the utility expo coming up here in Louisville. Uh, but with that, guys, uh, we'll go ahead and stop that one here today. I just want to remind everybody, uh, check out the NUCA of Middle Tennessee website, NUCAMidTN.com, and the NUCA of East Tennessee web website, NUCAETN.com. Click on those event pages, find out what's going on. I've got some, some cool stuff coming up. Uh, Music City Carding's coming up this week. No, next week next week as of the release of this podcast uh that, that grand prix is gonna be really fun uh east tennessee's got a lot of stuff in the works too a lot of cool stuff going on and guys don't forget nuka plus one you know each one reach one we're wanting everybody to go and recruit one new member help make this chapter stronger help grow what we've been building and, and keep it moving in the right direction uh so with that guys y'all stay safe out there and keep digging tennessee